Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with some wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Podcast, podcast number 116. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. Well, you may have a digital globe. So go ahead and move the mouse, get it to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that is where we're at. So we are in. Connect 360, Triumphs and Troubles, and we are going through David's life. David, one of the giant characters of the Old Testament, and we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and that's why we are glad you're here, because we're each on this faith journey, and the people that listen to the podcast, whether you got found us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, through Facebook, or our website, manupspiritualoasis.com. We're glad you're here. But you're obviously one of those type of people that care about your faith and your faith journey. So what we do is we get together as men and go through an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, a Sunday school lesson, and then we talk about it on Sunday and just kind of hash everything out boil it down and apply it to men. And I understand that there's women out there listening to it because I get the comments as well. And we want to welcome you as well. But this is geared for the men out there because why? Why? Because you don't have the opportunity to go in depth in the secular society that we have now, and it's getting even more and more polarizing. So what do we do? We do a podcast, and you're welcome to join us. And if you have any questions, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Man-Up, put a question on there, and we'll go ahead and we'll answer it on the next podcast. My name is Bill Cox. I'm not a pastor. I'm I'm kind of a regular guy, so that's why we got a name it that way. I'm just a salesman, kind of a writer, actor, that kind of thing. But we have different guys, and I introduce them not only by their name, but also by their profession, and maybe some traits or interests that they have. So you may identify with one or more of them. And we have a great panel here tonight. And I'm just going to go around. I'm going to introduce them real quick. And and the way we do it is, because men, we understand that each of you are busy. And some of the lessons, this is our 116th podcast. So we understand that not all of them are going to really speak to you. This one totally speaks to me. And we do a basic summary from each of the fellas. And then also we'll read the scripture and then we'll have a further in-depth discussion about it. So just want to let you know how we do things here and the panel that we have here today. And he's been here. He's he's so fired up. We can hardly hold him down. He got here early. 
He's our class deacon. That wasn't me. No, that's right. No, that's right. You just walked in. He's our class deacon. It's Kyle Trahan. And we have an open door policy, and the door opened and let in and let in Michael Cropper. He happens to be an attorney. He's also a prosecutor. He's a diver. He's just he's just one of those Renaissance guys. We call him the judge, and he's here. Also, we have a world-class trainer. He's now with a Fortune 100. 100. <laughs> Number 94, actually. Number 94. We're not going to say which one it is, but it's 94 if you have Google. And, <laughs> and that's Robert Koshu. And... The poster boy, he's on the poster for Sherland Baptist Church. He is a world-class policy writer, but he's also a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. My name is Bill Cox, and we are in uh, David's Troubles. This is 2 Samuel. We're talking about uh, 2 Samuel 18 is the scripture. And I'm just going to go around the room and get a basic summary from each of the fellas ahead of time. And then we'll go in and we'll read scripture and have some even deeper discussion. And start out with the, the professor. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to leave the summary to these other guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you. So two overview, weeks ago. Overview. Then. Uh, two weeks. Uh, overview. I'm, I'm going to still leave that to the other guys. Two weeks ago, I had the uh, opportunity to drive to Natchitoches, Louisiana, and back in one day. I had to go t- drop some stuff off for my How son. far is that? How many uh, miles? Four, four and a half hours. One there and back. 400 so miles? 100 miles an hour? 200 miles. Yeah. But I had to drop some things off for my younger son and help him out with a couple of things while he's getting ready to start grad school. Uh, and in doing that, I went back and I started started with, and my numbers may are going to be fuzzy, but I started with the first of the Bathsheba podcast, and I listened all the way through 114. We hadn't recorded 115 yet. Basically, I was able to listen in my drive times to listen to those podcasts straight through. If anybody has an opportunity, I would encourage you to do that, because what amazed me about this, and and I would say, keep going through these, is the people that show back up in the story, the roles they play oh, in the no story. Oh, no question about it. The the right. overall narrative here has been an amazing walk through in things I've never thought about, and I've studied these scriptures multiple times over the year. I could have told you all the stories from the beginning to the end. From memory, you know, not quoting the scripture, but just the narrative of the stories. But the things that we miss because we've looked at them as little snippets versus looking in them as an overview of how a man should live his life, how a man reacts to things, how a man does things in his life. And you really get that if you can look at that overarching story that we looked at here. And, and I'm really looking at writing something about the supporting characters all around this story. Oh, no question. There has been yeah. you know, some amazing stories. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. This is going to be a great discussion tonight, though. 
Excellent, to excellent. Write this Deacon Kyle. Didn't you ask for a short summary? Uh, yeah, that was right. summary. Just, hey, you know. He's a trainer. Uh, <laughs> short, yeah, that's short for him. Yeah, that's true. This is true. <laughs> um, you know, another interesting story. Um, loss of uh, another loss of one of uh, David's sons, and um, I don't think he actually lost him. Uh, but that's just fine. <laughs> um, he ain't around after the story. <laughs> right. That's for sure. sure. Um, You know, and that loss is, uh, he took it interestingly, in my opinion. Um, You know, that the the family tie is still there regardless of how the child ended up. Because sometimes we know in life, the kid doesn't turn out the way that you quite pointed him in the direction. Point well taken. Judge. Yeah, the the, uh, story is... And, and the uh, event that we're looking at is, is extremely powerful, extremely colorful, extremely uh, brilliant. I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it except it, it fits with all the, all the uh, particular uh, uh, lessons we've been looking at with David. Uh, it's very, very moving, very emotional. Uh, in this case, I um, just want to bring up a point we have brought up in a few lessons uh, um, about Ahithophel, who is one of David's uh, one of David's key um, confidants, confidants, uh, advisors, right? Counselor, guys, mm-hmm. counselor, yeah. counselor, great word for it. He and uh, Hushai, the uh, archite, I believe, are his two absolute most dependable counselors that give advice to him, uh, much like the presidential cabinet. Well, we have brought up in the past that Ahithophel was the grandfather of Bathsheba. Uh, the, the lady who David cheated with and then uh, had her husband killed. And uh, in the last lesson, uh, we, we looked at Ahithophel uh, going along into <coughs> Absalom's um, dynasty. Absalom is uh, David's uh, either second or third son, I believe third son, and he has declared himself king. And we have watched him um, get a whole army of people around him. And uh, the advisor that comes to him of David's is Ahithophel. Ahithophel um, very willingly goes over to, to help Absalom and he gives great advice. He's very intelligent, very godly man, except one of the, the uh, things that he gave advice about was that David, uh, that Absalom should lay with David's <coughs> wives while he's presently married to him, which I, th- I think was a, a big downfall of his. But um, the, the point I wanted to make that he, uh, both Hushai and Ahithophel give Absalom advice as concerning David when David is leaving the city of uh, Jerusalem and his people. And he says, go after him, Absalom. Take your army. They're weak. You should be able to catch them and kill David. After all, it doesn't matter how many people you kill. If you cut the head off the snake, right, the rest of the body dies. And so... He gives great advice to do that, military advice, strategy-wise, but Hushai uh, tells the people not to go after David and tells Absalom that David will be waiting for him and his mighty men, his mighty warriors, who went with him, the leaders of his army, and Absalom thinks that's the better advice, and the people around him in there take that as good advice. 
Now, as a result of this, Ahithophel, and we looked at chapter 16 last week. In chapter 17, we don't discuss it at all. We're going to go into chapter 18, which Bill will read for us. But at the end of chapter 17, uh, the, the, in 2 Samuel, we see that Ahithophel realizes his advice was not followed. And uh, he went and hung himself. And uh, I, I thought I would throw that out before we got in today's uh, story. Now, uh, and that's verse 23. If anyone, uh, anybody wants to read that, chapter 17, verse 23 of Second Samuel. When Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled the donkey and rose and went home to his house in the city. Then he put his household in order and he hanged himself. So, um, well, thanks for bringing us uh, down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, no, it's going to get worse. Don't make it wrong. Right, right. I don't want to bring that up. Thank you, Bill. It's a, it's a great story. Yeah, it is a great story. story. Steve Titch. Uh, yeah, this is the climax of uh, the the tragic climax. The, the It's going to come down to whether... David's kingdom survives, or Absalom survives. Um, the two cannot cannot exist together. Uh, Absalom's in revolt. Uh, David knows he has to go. We're going to see David doesn't want it to happen. We're going to see once again our one of our favorite. Maybe one of our favorite characters to talk about, Joab, is going to go Joab's going to have a role in this. Absolutely. Um, and but to 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 pick up on what 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 Michael's saying here, um, also important to remember Hushai, whose advice Absalom takes over Ahithophel. Hushai was planted by David. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is actually I, I'm glad you brought it up because because I had I had. This part kind of goes by quickly. Um, David kind of is, at least he's kind of, he's picking himself up by his bootstraps. This is exactly what David wanted to do. He wanted to bring uh, Absalom to battle where they were. We'll see why in this story. Uh, he definitely would have a certain advantage uh, at this location. And But getting back to it, this is, this is where... Um, this is the the tragic part of the story where it all climaxes. Right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. This is 2 Samuel 18. David mustered the men who were with him and appointed over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. David sent the troops out, a third under the command of Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zariah, and a third under Ittai, the Gittite. The king told the troops... I myself will surely march out with you. But the men said, You must not go out. If we are forced to flee, they won't care about us. Even if half of us die, they won't care. But you are worth 10,000 of us. It would be better now for you to give us support from the city. The king answered, I will do whatever seems best to you. So the king stood beside the gate while all the men marched out in units of hundreds and of thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, Be gentle with the young man Absalom for my sake. And the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each commander. The army marched into the field to fight Israel, and the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. 
There the army of Israel was defeated by David's men, and the casualties that day were great, 20,000 men. The battle spread out over the whole countryside, and the forest claimed more lives that day than the sword. Now Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule, and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak, Absalom's head got caught in the tree. He was left hanging in midair while the mule he was riding kept on going. When one of the men saw this, he told Joab, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. Joab said to the man who had told him this, What? You saw him? Why didn't you strike him down to the ground right there? Then I would have had to give you ten shekels of silvers and a warrior's belt. But the man replied, Even if a thousand shekels were weighed out into my hands, I would not lift my hand against the king's son. In our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for my sake. And if I had put my life in jeopardy and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have kept your distance from me. Joab said, I'm not going to wait like this for you. So he took three javelins in his hand and plunged them into Absalom's heart while Absalom was still alive in the oak tree. And ten of Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him, and killed him. Then Joab sounded the trumpet, and the troops stopped pursuing Israel, for Joab halted them. They took Absalom, threw him into a big pit in the forest, piled up a large heap of rocks over him. Meanwhile, all the Israelites fled to their homes. During his lifetime, Absalom had taken a pillar and erected it in the king's valley as a monument to himself, for he thought, I have no son to carry on the memory of my name. He named the pillar after himself, and it is called Absalom's monument to this day. Now Amahaz, son of Zadok, said, Let me run and take the news to the king that the Lord has delivered him from the hand of his enemies. You are not the one to take the news today, Joab told him. You may take the news another time, but you must not do so today, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to a Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed down before Joab and ran off. Amaz, son of Zadok, again said to Joab, Come what may, please let me run behind the Cushite. But Joab replied, My son, why do you want to go? You don't have any news that will bring you a reward. He said, Come what may, I want to run. So Joab said, Run. Then Amahaz ran the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. When David was sitting in the inner and outer gates, the watchman went up to the roof of the gateway by the wall, and he looked out and he saw a man running. The watchman called out to the king and reported it. The king said, if he is alone, he must have good news. And the man came closer and closer. Then the watchman saw another man running and he called down to the gatekeeper, look, another man running alone. King said, he must be bringing good news too. The watchman said, It seems to me that the first one runs like Amahaz, son of Zadok. He's a good man, the king said. He comes with good news. 
Then Amhaz said to call out to the king, All is well. He bowed down before the king with his face to the ground and said, Praise be to the Lord your God. He has delivered up the men who lifted their hands against my lord the king. The king asked, Is the young man Absalom safe? Amahaz answered, I saw great confusion, just as Joab was about to send the king's servant and me, your servant, but I don't know what it was. The king said, Stand aside and wait here. So he stepped aside and stood there. Then the Cushite arrived and said, My lord the king, hear the good news. The Lord has delivered you today from all who rose up against you. The king asked the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? The Cushite replied, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up to harm you be like that young man. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. As he went, he said, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. You see David go through emotions. I mean, even this, this last part, you know, when he sees the lone man running. And he thinks, oh, my son is safe. And then he realizes that he not, you know, the expectancy and then the reality of, of what well, is happening. Well, he happened. wants to win without, without the sacrifice, right? right. Yes. You can't do that, and Joab knows that, right? I, I want to go ahead. Well, let's what talk about that. Let's talk about that. About that. Let's, let's, this is real. This is, and, and I'm not going to actually, Joab is not really the most admirable character throughout most of the times he appears in. But he is let's, an look at, let's look at it from, the, from an interesting men's management perspective. Joab knows what has to be done for the kingdom to survive. Absolutely. His boss doesn't. Yep. And that's Absolutely. a very difficult position to be in. He knows he's in a difficult position. Um, that's a, that conversation he has with, with uh, Amahaz, the, 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 the guy who's, who's ready to go running off. He says, I don't think the boss is going to want to hear this. You know? and, and, but we see his perspective, and, and we, don't, we don't cover something here because he really reams out David. Um, but Joab... Let me put it this way. Have you been, ever been in a position where you know what you needed to do for the success of your company and the boss, the president, the owner is too sentimentally attached to something or someone? Say, say a, a failing business unit needs to be sold, spun off, or closed. Oh, but that was where we started the business. We can't give that off. We can't, we can't put that away. And those, you will take down the whole company if you continue to pour money into that because you're not getting it back. And so finally, behind, without, because the boss is only in part-time, the owner, the, the, whatever, the chief operating officer says, we're closing it down. Yeah. Um, and th that's kind of the situation I think Joab is in. He has to, he has to kill 
Absalom because Absalom cannot survive no matter how much, how, the, the dreaming is done. David's not going to get it back. He should, if he really wanted a relationship with Absalom, we've talked about this, he should have started years ago. Yep. And now, and now he's, he's at least, you know, he at least knows he's got to fight him. He knows he's got to put down David does. So his but, uh, let's, let's talk about this, Mike. Joab, is Joab here, did, is Joab out of line? Or did Joab really do what needed to be done? Joab absolutely <laughs> needed to do, do what needed to be done. And, the, and a couple of things that I think that was really smart. He made sure that he was killed by multiple <laughs> people. So nobody took the absolute blame for it. And he had him buried under a heap of rocks in the forest denying him uh, all the pomp and circumstances of being the king's son and, and all of that, all that. all that or being and, a and martyr that for the cause because it solidifies the power to David. It makes Absalom absolutely a postmark in this, in this whole story. And Mine is, uh, did Joab say anything to the guys. Now, it's not in the text, mm -hmm. which we just read a long mm -hmm. text, and it is definitely not there. <clears throat> but the guy comes back and he says, oh, yeah, I saw Absalom. Well, why didn't you kill him? Didn't you hear me say that earlier? Is, you know, what mm -hmm. goes through my head at that point, because he was already ready to slap a warrior's belt mm -hmm. and hand him a bunch of money and good job. Mm -hmm. And so to me, with that reaction from Joab, makes me... I mean, he definitely knew that's what his end game was, was to make sure that... Absalom oh, he was, was going to kill him no matter what. Absolutely. Regardless of what the king said. Absolutely. You know, I, so I, had he had discussed some of that with some or all of his guys... Well, I wonder, you know, do y'all think he was... Would the other commanders have killed Absalom, or is this strictly a Joab thing? I think it's strictly a Joab thing. Oh, I think the, I think Abishai would have done it, too. Abishai was Joab's brother. Brother. Okay. All right. So, but, but, but that's we that's, don't know that. that, that so that's a that's a uh, good question. Um, uh, did I get that? Yes. I because I was looking at we may see that later in 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 an upcoming lesson. But he may have. Um, but that that's one that's good one way to support it. Uh, Joab was the commander anyway. He was. Right. <laughs> he was going to if they. Ultimately, if the guy, if if Absalom was captured, Joab was going to find out about it one way or another. Well, not only did Joab, Joab, not only did he save lives, but he changed the narrative immediately well, with not only the death, but I think the burial is as big oh, of a deal. It's it maybe yeah. even a bigger deal than it. David, the problem is handled. I mean, of course, David found out, but. Once Joab and the, and the military comes back, then he'll sit down. David's probably already been through the grieving process, and he said, "The problem is handled." It's even more than that. We didn't, but but the, the irony of that is is it's very sad for David because he gets no closure. He doesn't even know where his son is buried. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but Dave, but what you said, Joab is out in the field. We we have 20,000 20, men die. We we don't know how many on each side. So Let's assume more. half of them were, were were Joab's men. Right. And this is this is in um, uh, chapter nineteen. 
Uh, David goes at the very end of chapter 18, David goes up to mourn. He goes, he withdraws, I don't know, into the gate, into one of the sure. structures there, and he's mourning, and he gives a, he goes on um, more about this. Joab goes in and says to the king's face, today you have humiliated all your men who have just saved your life and the lives of your sons and daughters and the lives of your wives and concubines. You love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. And he goes on. I mean, that's he, he's saying this to the out. king. Well, that's the whole that, and, and, and there's the the iron. I mean, and 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 he and he basically says to David in the in a few few lines later, get out there, get on the parapets because they're you know they're cheering for you, because if you don't, they're all going to walk away. And, and, and I mean, this is I mean, the this is that will continue. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> right. this was and, and we don't we get the. I like to call it the cleaned up Bible version <laughs> yeah. of this, right. but take the Battle of Shiloh. I spent eight hours at the Battle of Shiloh, at the battlefield of Shiloh about three, about five mm-hmm. years ago now. And it was the first major battle of the Civil mm-hmm. War with mass casualties. It had triple the casualties that Bull Run had. And it mm-hmm. was just, there was blood everywhere. There were bodies everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was just a mess. There were some units that lost 70% of their men. That was this. Because civil wars are just ugly by nature. And so you've got this, and you're right, if David hadn't come out, if Joab hadn't done what he did, and David wouldn't have come out, I think the war would have continued. Because you would have had the men go, why did we fight? We know that another son will come up for king. Yeah. In the coming, out of nine Mm-hmm. But, right. but backing up to this, Steve brought up, and, he, and y'all brought, bring up great points. I think it started the insulting and the injury was when he stood at the gate and said, "Be gentle on the young man, Absalom." Oh yeah, and you're going out to war. You're going out to war. Be gentle. Are you kidding me? Yes, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. He's telling him. That's right. Okay, right. Be gentle on my son. Okay, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a a gentle, hard break. And we will be right back. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast 116. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. The this is Man Up, Man Up, 
Podcast 116, Spiritual Voice for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. And uh, we got a clown here, it's uh, Michael Cropper. I'm not going to out him. But uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was Michael Cropper. Uh, but we're talking about David. And the, the lesson says, uh, and we don't always agree with, and we're, this is from the Baptist Way Press, Connect 360. Tremendous study guide that they put together. Uh, this is David Troubles, Second uh, Samuel, Samuel 18 is what we talked about. And the title is Mourning a Lost Son. And when, when you first read the title, you think of a lost son is a, 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 a prodigal son or something like that. Not a son that you that is rebellion and that rebellious and you hunt down and you kill. Uh, that was just something that that I thought was just uh, I see mis- mislabeled, mislabeled uh, for nothing else. Um, the lesson, uh, to be fair to the author, the lesson goes into dealing with the loss of a son or a loss of a child, um, and the and the heaviness that comes with that. The way we're coming at it, and 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 not to not to take anything away from that, but that that, that lesson may be misapplied here. Uh, it is sad. Oh, uh, there's no, there's no, and 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 we should look at the the sadness, the the the, the, the again, it's tragedy, but this is all the result of <laughs> what we've been talking this, about for the last. This started with few a weeks. roof on the walk I, of a palace. I don't want to <laughs> say, I don't want to say that David deserved all this. That nonetheless, he had, he has a role in the way things. Turned out, um, and and friends, if you if you want to go back and we'll, we'll listen to our past four or five podcasts, and we talk about David's inaction, David's passivity, absolutely, um, and yeah, and and even up to last week where maybe he finally does comes to his senses, but he's this is this this the, the takeaway I think for men is inaction and passivity. Causes problems and can lead to res- lead to terrible results. Well, and lead to it, terrible it, outcomes. Indecision is a decision, mm-hmm. and he made that decision to not to decide years ago when uh, Absalom, uh, well, uh, Ammon raped Tamar, Absalom's sister, and he did nothing. And so this just stewed over time. And you're talking years before this rebellion. And finally, Absalom, he had groomed the people of Israel to love him. David was still retreating and just being shriveled up. Uh, The absentee ruler uh, just... Just non-existent, just mailing it in until he had this rebellion that he had to deal with, and it just and like you brought up earlier, how many times have you seen it where it's the number two person that has to clean up the mess for the number one? Many, many times. And you know what? Honestly, that's probably why they're there. Because they don't have the emotional attachment and they can make 
They can be decisive. Number two being Joe Evans. Number two why. being Joe Evans. Absolutely. And I was going to say, because I'm one of the ones who will give Joe a hard time through a lot of the mm -hmm. different stories. You know, the whole, mm -hmm. he, remember, who got the order to have Uriah killed yes. and then mm -hmm. followed it? It was Joe. It was Joe. So do we need, but the question <laughs> is, in this instance, Joab was right. Well, I think Did also we, we have to th look at look at Joab just like David. That's years ago. Joab is a just like David, much older and much yeah, he's, wiser. He's at least in his fifties. Mm -hmm. Oh, ab yeah, absolutely. And, and so, and he's looking at he's looking at things. I think a lot differently. Whereas back when he had to have the orders for Uriah. He was probably a young, virile commander uh, back then. But he was still loyal. That's, I mean, he, whether or not, you know, he, he was still protecting David in his own right. way. And I mean, that's a, I, I think yeah. this goes back, this kind of relates to what you're saying. You can like, he's terribly consistent. <laughs> right, um, and, 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 and and yeah, and he does. He certainly does look out for number one a lot of the time, but he's he's he he is he is That's rapidly a, rapidly devoted to David. Um, yeah, I find it interesting. This changes subject a little bit. Joab kind of throws the Cushite under the bus. Oh, oh absolutely, completely yeah. under the bus. Remember. Uh, Joab knows David doesn't hesitate to kill somebody who he thinks is having touches him the yes. Lord's anointed, and so uh, David killed the two men that brought him news that yep. Ithbosheth, mm -hmm. the king of Israel, was beheaded for the benefit of David. He killed those immediately. He didn't think twice mm -hmm. about, it. and then he killed the person who came to Amalekite, who came and stated he. Uh, he had killed Saul at Saul's request, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And brought him David, uh, Saul's armband or, or, or crown, whatever he had. And so Joab, um, Ahimez, is a favorite and a favorite friend of Zadok. Zadok mm -hmm. is a priest for David, right? Right. And Ahimez is probably well known, his son, uh, along with his other son, and here, Ahimez is just jumping up. Yeah, hey, like taking another time, right? taking another time. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. I think this is the wisdom of an age you're talking about. I, 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 I agree with that. Right? And he's jumping up and down, and Joab says, you don't get it, do you? <laughs> right. You know, no, I was no, born no, at night, no, but it wasn't last night, yeah, so you yeah, might yeah. want to just listen to me. Yeah, don't go. And it doesn't stop him. And he tells him, he says, this is not good news. You're not going to get a reward for this when you go tell That him. is a fact. Which, which might actually, he might be, you could, read, you could read that line certain ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a reward. You didn't right. you not get what I'm telling you. Right. right. <laughs> and then so, uh, and he still insists on, and Joe points to the cushion out. Uh, I don't know. Him. You're going to go tell right, him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and what I found interesting was, is when... Ahimelech that showed up the first time. Yeah. He, I like the language that's used. He says, "The Lord your God." Yeah. The Cushite comes back, who's obviously more faithful because he mm -hmm. just said straight up, "The Lord." Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you know, with it. it, well, it maybe it, maybe Ahimez thought right. second when he arrived there and looked at David's face. Maybe he thought different about why. He yes, he he, he holds maybe up. He should not have yeah. come. <laughs> oh, so. he, and he kind he kind of says, "Oh, maybe Joab was right." So maybe he didn't I'm answer. He's not going to run as fast. <laughs> he took a short. He took. He takes a shortcut. He took a shortcut across the plains. I mean, they know that he had to be like a super fast runner or something because he oh, runs. Yeah. Yeah, well, they could see him recognized him by, by his, his runs. Yeah, run. so, yes, so I'm King thinking Dick. he just had to be super fast mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, a little was, trail of dust, you know, coming up. You know, a flash. The roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, roadrunner of the flash. <laughs> he says, King David, we won. We won. Okay, tell me tell me the details about it. I don't know any. Right. <laughs> I, I, I ran was, so fast, I it forgot. It was so busy. It was so busy. Right. <laughs> Well, we got, we're on our way to bingo, and directions got all fouled up. You know? But the thing about it is, to, to me, it saved so many lives, and Joab made that decision that he, yeah, he knew that it was going to crush David, but he was there to save his men. And saved even lives. If, even if David didn't like. Even if absolutely, that, and no you know, what. you you got to say something for a guy like that. And yeah. you know, I and I look at I look at my life, and I've been a number two a lot more than I've been a number one. And I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to do the right thing, but you know, I followed the lead of the lead dog and sometimes a lead dog goes down the wrong trail and I think that to me that is a huge part of this lesson it's a huge part of why we do this podcast to man up mm -hmm. to think to think for yourself and about the consequences not it's not about you it's about the other people and he saved lives and families and kept the, kept the, uh, kept Israel together by what he did by his judgment and I, I kind of think that he pretty much had this planned out I think he knew that he was going to get him I think he knew that Absalom was a rookie and he was going to make mistakes and I think Joab knew that he was going to get him, and he had this planned out. I mean, the fact they, that they, they well, they, you read, you thank read. goodness for Hushai because mm -hmm. they if if they had attacked when David was mm -hmm. on the run, it would it would have been run. different. We, yeah. we, you know, you read, you got to read some into it, but clearly there was a forest or uh, that. A that thicket, played a in, that played into this. I mean, they they, they it, it's clear that David's people, David's men, David's army, Joab's army, you could put it, had had a better understanding of the terrain. It it seems like the far. I mean, the forest takes more than the sword. The sword. The sword. Now, I mean, yeah. obviously a lot of hand to hand with with sword. That's all they had. But you know, people maybe tripping in ravines. Not. not I mean, yeah, you, know, you 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 can. Run. I'll make a modern analogy. Vietnam. The Viet Cong knew the, that, those woods, knew the, knew, knew the forest, knew the, knew knew the rainforest. The, um, the GRGIs didn't, 
and that was a tremendous advantage yep. for 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 the and, and they were for, and they were tunnels, tunnels. those tunnels and, yeah but out. but yes but but still but that's they were accustomed they, to the climate the vegetation um, and all but of that still, so so they and yeah and so yeah you're right Absalom's inexperience shows yeah because that that's not a place to have a battle no right no but if, if Joab hadn't done that. He knows this is just going to persist, which will mean even more losses. And if the battle eventually doesn't go his way and it goes for Absalom, he only has a couple of choices himself. Because you're the king's number one. Are you trusted? No, probably not. Are they going to run you through the moment that the battle is over and you're captured or whatever? Probably. So it's self-preservation to me in Joab's eyes as well. I do this, I keep my job. I stay number one to the king. But if I don't do this, there's a chance all of this goes away from me. Well, comparing this to today's jobs, guys, y'all been doing this for a lot of the lessons. Are you working at your job because it's a job? Or are you working at your job and doing it as though it's your life and what you like doing, and 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 are you doing it for the Lord? I guess. Well, how how hard are you holding on to that? Are you holding on to it so tight that your that your whole existence is job dependent, and you're going to follow any bad decision into a ravine or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or are you? Or are you looking at this job as this is just something I do, and if it's not right, I do something else? Well, it, it, it's we've talked about this a lot throughout the years. It's a job and a career. That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah, I've had many, 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 many jobs. That's right. You know, plenty that I hated, several that I just walked away from. You know. Your um, occupational ADHD. <laughs> I, I have definitely had that through my career. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually going into some of the longest time that I've ever done it. Five years. You know. Yeah, um, Kyle. Um, you know, so if you look at my resume and you look at the year spans, it's normally doesn't have five years in it. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, I think about it. Because I, I do a lot of driving, I do, I, I can do a lot of driving for just one appointment, you know. And some of these appointments, I know almost going in that I won't make a sale, but I'm going to help that person. I'm going to help them get benefits or this and that and the other, or identify areas that they can improve upon of what they already have because it doesn't make sense to change them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I still go. But see, that's more than a job; it's a ministry then. For you, um, yeah. But to me, it is my career. It is my job. It is what I love doing, and so that makes such a difference in life, you know. And I'll do that drive, like I said, knowing ninety-eight percent that I'm doing it just to help. You know. I've always thought that a man needed three things to have a fulfilled life: something to do, someone to love. And something to hope for, mm-hmm. and when any one of those things is out of kilter, man's life spirals, mm-hmm. spirals in a in a irregular orbit, 
and then they'll find whatever something to do to fill whatever is not is not fulfilling. He doesn't have something to do. Doesn't have someone to love. Has has no hope. That's the difference here. Thing about it is, <clears throat> you look at David. <clears throat> David is towards the end of his life. He might have hope, but I don't see a lot of it there. Okay. I I think his his candles are are dimming. He's definitely on the back end at this point. He's right, right. But he, but this is something that is bigger than him. He has to quash this rebellion. He has to, and it's this this battle, unlike all the other ones, is is big for him. But I think it's it's, and it takes us back. But it's it's. So tragic, uh, because at this point, there's nothing he really can do about it. I'm sure he's praying there while the battle's going, spare Absalom. This, this is an interesting story in the Bible, because God does not step in. Intervene, absolutely. And, and, and make everything better, um, which... You might expect, which I mean, some someone not familiar with what happens in the Bible. Well, where's God? Well, well, here's a story where no, this plays out, and the the. But I'm going to take it back, and we were talking about this. This is what, this is what you do not want to happen in your life, as a man. You do not. It, it is really sad because we. Families break up. I mean, this is a dramatic story. We have deaths, we have battles, we have rebellions. But how many men are there out there in their 60s who have lost their families to divorce, have lost their children to estrangement because, and well, and now we're sitting, if only, if only 20, 30 years ago, I had paid attention, I had shown some interest. And if only, if only I had, I, if only what I knew, by, and, and, and maybe his priorities were wrong. He worked too hard, or if only, why? But how, how many, how many people does this, you know, how many men does this story resonate with? That the mourning a lost son, we can call it. Mourning a lost family. It doesn't have to be as, as something as device of his death or, 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 or final as death, but it can be estrangement. It can be cut off. Uh, and that is, that is sad when it happens. Uh, I think we see later what, how, how David begins to deal with it. Um, I don't think he completely loses hope, but this is, this is the end, almost the inevitable end of a long... A uh, stretch of very bad decisions on David's part. <clears throat> well, it kind of reminds me of uh, a family is a rock, and it cracks maybe at a young age through a divorce or neglect by the man or whatever, and then later on in life, the man comes and repairs the rock. Okay. He might put some putty on it and paint the rock so it looks nice. But you know what? 
The crack is the still crack there. Is there. Mm-hmm. The crack does not leave. You and this goes back to what the professor was saying. It all goes back to the rooftop. It mm-hmm. goes back to that. It, this all started with a walk on the palace roof. Walk on the palace roof. <clears throat> You've got to pay attention to the temptations and the sin in your own life and deal with it when it happens. Festers, just like a sore, it does not get better just because you don't look at it. The the better, we're all gonna have a chance or an opportunity to look at that walk on the roof or have that walk on the roof. The question is what you do with it, right? Absolutely. In the, in the, uh, in the moment of time, you're either going to take the you're either going to take the temptation, or you're going to turn away from it. Right, you're going to have that moment. We're coming down to the end of this podcast. One sixteen, man up, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors; we're just regular guys. But what we're each on this spiritual journey, and we're glad you're coming along with us. Going to get some final thoughts from the panel here. Bless you. That was a professor. I'll give him a chance to. Uh, <clears throat> clean up <laughs> and get some final <laughs> get some final thoughts from uh, Deacon Kyle um, you know it's said in our, in our study um, you know it's talking the loss of a child and all that David's scenario is definitely unique in his loss that he does have all those troops and everything there but I don't think, I think he reacted appropriately for the loss. You know, again, I, I kind of said it in the beginning, whether, you know, the, the child has followed your direction, hopefully you've given them and pointed them in the right ways, and they went astray. Maybe they went to drugs, maybe this and that and the other, um, you know, whatever that is. And you can hope and pray that that person will come around see the light, return to God, whatever. Um, I think David, in his heart of hearts, wished that would have happened. You know, be gentle with the young man, Absalom. Because if we don't kill him today, maybe there's still a chance that he'll come around. All the while knowing they're going out and he's probably not going to ever see him again. But... It's certainly in their tradition of the lamenting and, and all of that that they did, uh, hiring people at, you know, at a funeral to do it for you and everything else. Um, he was definitely in that, in that vein, you know, but I don't think he was going to get away from his pain, but he was also brought into check for who he was. And sometimes when things happen, uh, we've said this a million times. People are going to look to you. And that's what was happening right outside his door. Is these guys, his warriors, and his, his army were looking to him for validation. And he had to find a way to suck up his loss and his pain and put that aside and go deal with what he had to go do. And then you can grieve in private, you know. Um, which tends to be what a lot of guys end up doing anyway. 
you know, is that showing your pain and loss and grief is not normally something we throw out to the general public. Right. Judge? Thinking about some points, um, David is not that much different from Joab. I was thinking we have, we've touched on Joab a whole bunch, and yes, he has great military intelligence. It's great military wisdom. Uh, when David was running from Saul, he lived in Philistia with Philistines, and he would go out and raid their villages and kill people, Philistines, and, and then tell the king of Agag, whoever the king was of Philistia at that time, he would tell him, I've been raiding the armies of Saul, my enemy and taking the villages and destroy them. And again, David then, um, um, when he was going to take, I think, Michelle as a wife from Saul, Saul asked him, King Saul asked him to be his son-in-law. He said, I can't provide you with any money. My family, family is poor. So Saul says, go out and kill 100 Philistines and bring me the four skills. Right? Am I, mm-hmm. am I correct? Right, I'm yeah, just right. thinking they all brought me <laughs> Yes. Was it 200? He doubled it. He doubled it. Very interesting because we, we're thinking David is this great guy. But remember, God wouldn't let him build the temple because he was a man of blood. And, and, and apparently that didn't bother him at all to go out and kill 200 Philistines to get their foreskins. Mm-hmm to give to the king to get the hand of his daughter. So David has some problems in the past. I don't know that it always really started on the rooftop, but we can definitely pin down. The rooftop represented a change. That, yeah. that was a challenge. That was a turning point. We yeah, can right. say that, right? But he may have some, had some problems in the past. Anyway, uh, I, 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 I appreciate this lesson today, and I, I appreciate you guys' insight yeah. on it. Um, the, the sad part is... That 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 um, his son. Uh, yeah, uh, that he grieved for his son above his own army, and he had to be told to or, stop it. Right, professor. Man, I just don't lose perspective. Maybe um, David lost perspective in this. He was so worried about Absalom, who had done anything and everything he could to kill David, literally, (laughs) you know, took the kingdom, ran him off. David left so he wouldn't get killed, you know. And if if Epithel had said, if they had listened to Epithel and took out after David right away, they probably would have caught David and David would have either been killed immediately or brought before Absalom who would have killed him Mm -hmm. and probably would have killed Bathsheba and Solomon because remember, in, in this caravan running off is probably also Bathsheba and Solomon because there's no way he was going to leave Bathsheba mm-hmm. back there. Because I, I guarantee mean, you Bathsheba... only to ten concubines. Yeah, to ten, ten concubines. That was and, it. You know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a guy, don't, don't, don't get focused on a micro so much that you lose the macro perspective of what's going on around you. And, and that's the other thing I've seen a lot in business is you get people who, they're just obsessed with something, one little thing. And they get over-obsessed mm-hmm. with that and they lose focus on the overall macro thing of what's going on. And I think maybe that's something you see here with David. He gets so focused on Absalom that he totally, and we see this more, mm-hmm. the verses we didn't read, where 
he totally ignores, you know, this great army that basically just killed half of their brother Israelites, right. you know, to survive. Mr. Steve Titch. Oh, I, I mentioned this before. Again, it's, 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 it's very sad what happens to David in, in, in line with what um, the deacon was saying. Um, he doesn't even get the opportunity to mourn him. All, all you know, men have to grieve. Um, and, and part of this is, yeah, he can't. He can't, he, he's, uh, he even probably can't do it that much in private because kings don't have much privacy. Much privacy, right, uh, I get that. And, and, and it would have been, it's damaging for morale. Uh, so he does not get to, to bury his son. He does not get any final closure with them. There's no funeral, no memorial, there can't be. And, and he really has to, like Kyle said, suck it up. And I don't, and I don't think that's good. I mean, I, I, that's, that's no, another not. sad part of it. It's not, right. I'm not, it's not something to advocate, oh, there you are, suck it. Um, it's, it's something, he's, he's, it's another price he pays in all of this. Can I, right. can I add something right to that, yeah. Steve? Yeah. Fathers, tell your sons you love them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. I think that's what, what Steve is doing. There you are. I mean, don't, he says don't have to do it now. And, 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 just, and your family. Just you said that, uh -huh. I was able to do that today with mine. Do that with your whole family, right? Layers upon don't layers. Don't waste right. these stories about David. Uh, this has been great. And uh, this is Man Up, Spiritual Ace for Men. Podcast number 116. <clears throat> we want to encourage each and every one of you. We have all of our podcasts archived on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes, maybe soon on iHeartRadio, and we're on Facebook uh, under Man-Up. We're going to encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. And if you're ever in the Sugarland area, please come and join us. And when you, the reason why we encourage you to join a local Bible-based church, the local, so you'll go and you'll participate. want to encourage you to join an ABF, which is a Sunday school or a small group fellowship where you can discuss lessons and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast. <laughs>